Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. This is Market View. I'm Michelle Martin, together with Ryan Huang. Asia-Pacific stocks are mixed this morning following a similar performance in the U.S. overnight. Tokyo is up 0.8%. Sydney and Seoul are in positive territory, but have been hovering around the flat line. Many investors are awaiting the release of the latest China trade data. The market's also assessing the impact of a historic action by the U.S. Congress. For more on this, here's Ryan Huang with me now. How are you doing, Ryan? Hey, Michelle. Quite a busy morning with a lot of headlines to run through. Mm, Thursday already. For the first time in US history, an American president has been impeached for the second time. This morning, the US House of Representatives voted 232 to 197 to impeach Donald Trump on the charge of incitement of insurrection. Ten Republican lawmakers, including the number three Republican in the House, Liz Cheney, joined Democrats to pass the resolution, which will trigger a trial in the US Senate. So Ryan, Joe Biden set to be inaugurated in one week. January 20th is the date. What is the likelihood that Donald Trump could be removed from office before then? Okay, so we've got that historic vote and Donald Trump setting records again. He's going to be the second, or rather he's going to be the first president to be impeached twice. So what we have in terms of indications so far is he is unlikely to be removed before his term runs out in less than a week. And that's because of a couple of I guess, procedural matters. Um, With the majority leader right now, Mitch McConnell, he is pretty much trying to do all he can to push it back until Joe Biden takes office, that impeachment process. And if you want a vote to take place, he is also likely to block it as well. So by all indications, Donald Trump going by the procedures is likely to see a lot of obstacles in place. But that is not going to stop the lawmakers in the U.S. proceeding with impeachment because they still think that it's symbolic and they want to hold him accountable. And the act of impeachment itself does not necessarily mean removing someone from office. It just mm. means laying charges against the president for future maybe follow-ups if needed. So that is what they are trying to push through with the impeachment process. All right, there's been a lot of speculation over whether Republicans in the U.S. Senate may join Democrats to convict Donald Trump. At least 17 Republicans will need to vote in favor of a conviction to ensure this outcome. If they do, Trump could be banned from running for president again. What other benefits might he lose? Okay, so like any office holder, right atop, you will get perks when you leave. And going by the numbers that we are getting, the government spends, the US government spends around $4 million a year in terms of subsidies and perks for the four living ex-presidents. And this includes pensions. And this is to the tune of around 221000 US dollars if you are a White House cabinet member. And then starting six months after leaving office, you will get an allowance for an office, staffing, equipment. You also get reimbursements for travel, although that is unlikely to see anything, uh, no, no business travel in the near term. Um, lifetime security services provided by the Secret Service. Quite a big perk, you know, having a bodyguard running around, you know, just helping you, helping keep you, you safe. keep safe. Yep. Um, especially Donald Trump will need it. Um, but yeah. if he gets impeached, that is out of the window. Okay. Insurrection and impeachment. 
Those two themes are dominating U.S. and world headlines. Investors, though, actually more focused on other issues like bond yields and interest rates. So low interest rates have underpinned the market's rise to record levels. But there's a tug of war over whether the era of near zero interest rates is entering its last chapter. And most of the action is playing out in the bond market. So, Ryan, there are a few points I want to explore with you about this. First up, let's take a look at the bond markets. Long-term rates have been rising, but the, that ascent slowly down overnight. So tell us why. Yeah, so it's a case, I guess, a bit of fatigue going on as well. Uh, so just to run through the numbers, last week, late in the week, we saw it at around 10-month highs, 11-month highs with the yields at around 1.14%. And now you are looking at it at around 1.10%. So that is... Uh, after a bit of a run-up in yields. And what's the reason behind the latest kind of stagnation is some statements from Federal Reserve officials, uh, pretty much calming concerns that they may curtail their purchases of treasuries. So previously, we have been looking at those bond-buying programs as one of the, I guess, support for, for bonds, for yields. So now with that, out of the window that no, they are still going to continue buying bonds. And that is pretty much calming the um, movement in use right now. Inflation metrics are really key in this story. So if prices rise too fast, the U.S. Fed may be forced to increase rates or at least back away from measures like bond purchases, which have been keeping rates down. So what is the latest there? Okay, so with the Fed beige book and the inflation data, these are two things that the Fed looks at. Um, so if we start with the Fed beige book, this is a bit of a survey that gives a picture of the economy. What we have in terms of the headline is uh, modest U.S. recovery, but you are looking at job growth slowing down as well. So looking at the economic activity first, uh, we saw it increasing modestly at the end of 2020. Uh, this is amidst hiring slowing down as we saw infections and new restrictions uh, picking up. So even though we are getting vaccinations, that is underway. Uh, that will take some time to trickle through into the economy. And they are saying you are expecting a modest recovery. There is some business optimism for 2021. Uh, so you have to watch out as well for the moving parts around what might happen with the infection numbers as well. So that is a bit of a cautious, optimistic picture for 2021. Finally, if you look at the headlines, there's a lot of talk about a taper tantrum that Biden's reflation blitz has set off the next taper tantrum from the Fed. That's a Telegraph headline, for example. Uh, remind us what a taper tantrum is. Okay, so this is when we had, back in 2013, the previous Fed chairman, Ben Bernanke, suddenly unexpectedly disclosing that maybe officials are thinking about dialing back their asset purchases, pretty much you know, curtailing or reducing how much bonds they will buy. And that means people who are buying bonds or at least holding on to bonds were left their prospects that, hey, where is the demand going to come from? Where are the buyers now? So if nobody or fewer people will buy of uh, reduced demand, that means prices plunged because there was going to be less demand for it. So this caused a spike in yields, which moves in inverse relation to prices. So that was not healthy because anything that moves too fast, too quickly, too soon, 
is going to cause a lot of um, knock-on impacts in markets. And that was what resulted in a taper tantrum. Taper tantrum in economics explained for you. Overnight, low interest rate enthusiasts had the upper hand in the market tug of war. Stocks that benefit from low rates help drive the market higher. Tech counters and dividend yielding companies like utilities were the biggest gainers, while small caps pulled back from their recent rally. Next up, let's look at U.S.-China tensions because they are making headlines again. The U.S. is going to block imports of cotton and tomatoes from the Uyghur region of China because of suspicions authorities there employ forced labor. This is the most sweeping action yet by Washington to pressure Beijing over its treatment of ethnic minorities. Despite tensions between the two superpowers, China shares on a run. The benchmark indices there approaching their highest levels in 13 years, which is leading some analysts to worry about valuations. Ryan, what do you think? <laughs> so Chinese markets are a bit of a different animal. It's very retail investor driven. And what happens is when they hear good news or any hot picks or hot tips, it really drives up on momentum. And this is what we are seeing right now. If you take a look at some of the stocks that are being um, in, uh, in focus, you've got the likes of the Baiju maker, Kui Chao, Mao Tai. That is near its highest multiple since 2008. If you look at Kanfeng Lithium, a battery maker, is now at 127 times projected earnings. And if you look at the CSI 300 index, which tracks the Shanghai and Shenzhen stocks, this is now reaching closer to the 6,000 mark. And if that continues to, do, to um, go to, the, to, to that level and breaks above it, you can expect even more momentum because people expect... It's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, when more people buy into it, you will just get more people buying into it. And then it just goes on and on. But then now that is creating some concerns about a potential pullback because people are talking about a bubble and people are just borrowing money to fund what's going on right now. So it will just take an excuse or any reason for profit-taking to maybe just turn things around. So that is a bit of a danger now with the levels of where stocks are in China. Mm. Okay, an interesting Bloomberg headline caught my eye this morning. The U.S. impeachment is triggering a run in China on a rare book. It's called America Against America. And readers are paying as much as 2500 US dollars for it. Why the sudden interest in this book by Wang Huning? <laughs> so this is the Communist Party's number five leader. And he's also the top political theorist to three Chinese presidents. So a book, an old book, is now back in vogue because it's called America Against America. And that pretty much sums up what's going on right now in America. So... Chinese, um, I guess, people who are interested, intellectuals there, interested in what's happening in the US, are starting to think, hey, this is a book that could help me figure out what's going on with the chaos that's happening in Capitol Hill and you know, what's been happening in the past four years and what's to come. So that is becoming back in demand, this book that was written 
well, 30 years ago, $2,500 is the latest, latest price if you can get it. Wow, I think this is a must read. I have to call my publisher friends. America Against America is the title. If you have $2,500, US uh, the book is yours. And it's by Wang Hu Ning, in case you're interested, readers. Let's turn to corporate news now. We're going to do this headline style. I'll give Ryan company or companies and Ryan tells us why they're making the news. That's how it works. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. Uber, Grab and Gojek. So it's in the news because their appeal to get their fine for their merger. This is Grab and Uber a few years ago. It was deemed anti-competitive and they were fined $6.6 million and they appealed and that has failed. So they are in the news for that reason. And then now, of course, there's been some discussion around how Grab and Gojek could be merging. So now they are also being studied for potentially anti-merger concerns as well or rather antitrust concerns. So that is what's making the news for all these three names. Mm. Singapore's Competition Appeal Board has dismissed an appeal by Uber against its finding that the ride-hailing firm's merger with Grab back in 2018 was anti-competitive. Uber will have to pay $6.5 million in fines. The CCC also said it's monitoring a potential merger between Grab and Gojek. Next up, Singapore C. Okay, C is in the news because of an acquisition. So it's got big plans and ambitions for the fintech space and it has made an acquisition into Indonesia. It's bought a bank called Bank BKE and of course you might remember last month it got a Digibank license for Singapore. So one more step towards its big ambitions. Yeah, absolutely right. Singapore's record-breaking tech startup buying reportedly that Indonesian bank is it strives to gain a foothold in the financial tech industry. Next up, Alibaba. So maybe some good news for Alibaba because mm-hmm. there are reported plans that the US, or at least the Trump administration, is strapping its plans to blacklist tech giants like Alibaba, Tencent and Baidu. So some good news there. And maybe one of the reasons is because Alibaba is just too big. If you take out Alibaba or blacklists Alibaba, that could have a lot of repercussions for fund managers, investors, the ecosystem. So maybe that was one of the considerations. Yeah, investors also questioning whether Alibaba can pull off a jumbo dollar bond in the coming weeks, given all the uncertainty around its co-founder Jack Ma and the Trump administration's crackdown on Chinese companies. Next, Tesla. Okay, not so good news for Tesla because it is being asked to recall 158,000 vehicles. And this is because some of the touch screens are not working and this is posing a safety risk, especially if you've got a high-tech vehicle Mm -hmm. and your screen is not working. How else can you operate some of the features and some of the safety features for your cars? So this is becoming a issue and maybe we'll add more costs and expenses for Tesla. Uh-oh, safety risks when it comes to Tesla cars. Let's check in on local stocks. The STI traded within a half percent band yesterday before finishing back where it started, 29.77. How's the STI doing this morning, Ryan? Yeah, so yesterday, it pretty much snapped a two-day losing streak, just barely 0.01% up. And today, we have it in the green, 0.5% so far. 2,993. So very close to that 3,000 mark. And some of the top movers yesterday, uh, we had the likes of SIA and that was off the back of its um, news that it was going to be starting its vaccination program for its employees. 
So far, right now, it is flat, so no big changes there. Jardine Sector and Carriage was the top performer yesterday. It was up by 3.3%. So far, giving back a bit of those gains is down by 0.04%. Time average, which was the top performer on Tuesday, was the worst performer yesterday when we lost 3.2%. So taking a quick look at time average right now, we have it in the green. So it's now back up again and we have it Higher by 0.7% at 77.5 cents. So it's a bit of a modest start for the STI. I think a lot of investors watching very closely for what's to come tonight when Joe Biden is expected to lay out his blueprint or more details for his fiscal stimulus package to the tune of trillions of dollars. Mm, well, I'll keep an eye out for that. Thank you very much, Ryan. Ryan Huang there. You're listening to Your Money. I'm Michelle Martin. Coming up on my Stocks to Watch list, GKE Corporation, Alibaba and Tesla. I'll tell you why in just a while. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.